Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Before we get going on this week's episode of Culture Bites, we've been getting a lot of questions about our annual conference this year, Corinne. Yeah, we have a lot of people been wondering whether we're going to have a conference at all because our conferences are usually physical, but we're pretty excited. We're going bigger and better and we're actually holding an Asia-Pacific virtual conference event. So it's an extravaganza. So it's not just Australia, it's not just New Zealand, it's Asia-Pacific. It's going to be held over three mornings or three days from the 25th of August to the 27th. A slightly different format this time, Corinne. Yeah, we're, they're not full days, so they are story-based, shorter days. So we're going to have two client stories each morning, and the client story is going to be a bit different. We're, the clients are still going to share their culture and leadership story, but then we're going to interview them, Dom, much as we would in a podcast mm-hmm. where we can talk to them about the behind-the-scenes story, so the story behind the story. Then there'll be a break. And then there'll be a, we're having a CEO panel on one of the days and then we're going to have day two and day three will be interactive workshops of 90 minutes. So they're quite short days, but they're filled with a diverse range of stories from our clients from across all different sectors and industries from New Zealand, from Australia, from Hong Kong. We've even potentially got some others coming from the Pacific so this is a complimentary event. So if it sounds like you, you know, we'd love to see you there. Invite your colleagues, invite your friends, more the merrier in Absolutely. a virtual setting. If you want to sign up, we've got in the description of this podcast will be a link to the website where you'll be able to sign up. So check it out. We'd love to see you there. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. How are you going? Yeah, doing really well, Corinne. We had a question from a listener this week, which was around, you know, with a lot of places working remotely at the moment and maybe into the future, you know, there's kind of a call for, you know, extending some of, some of this uh, that's going on. The question was about, you know, what do leaders need to think about with their teams when they're leading remotely? You know, so what are some tips for what they can do to be effective leaders in that remote setting? You know, and how is it different from face to face? Maybe what do they need to be thinking about? So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. How does that sound? Great, Dom. I think that we can share some of our own experiences as well as a team operating remotely. Well, that's very true. I think, you know, with this whole pandemic thing and all that, no one's been through a pandemic before, right? So everyone's kind of finding their way to some extent, you know? I think so. And I think, look, on the one hand, it's interesting. I think we're into fifth month, are we? Or is it that long? Yeah, well. 16 weeks It Depends from the time you count, start yeah. counting, I suppose, but yeah. Probably not the fifth month in terms of working from home. But I think what's interesting is that the world, and certainly in Australia, we've gone from only a few people remote working mm. to suddenly whole workforces mm. remote working, mm-hmm. but for the essential services who are still, you know, showing up as BAU. So I think we've gone from this idea that it's something that can be done in small ways mm. to suddenly leaders having to work out how to lead their 
business, mm. their organisation. Mm. and uh, Where most of the people are remote where versus Where most one or two. of the people yeah. are remote. So I think one of the things that it's shown is it's possible, mm. but I think it's required an adaptive, you know, approach. How do we do things differently? I think initially a lot of leaders did what they did in the physical workplace and they mm. just translate trans- moved it yep. moved it to um you know ms team sort of some kind of video platform mm. so i guess the question is how is it different mm. and how is it the same yeah when we're answering this question so how is it different? How is it the same, Corinne, mm. to put that back at you? I did that wrong, didn't I? I should have actually <laughs> asked you the question. I think what's the same is the need for clarity, mm. clear priorities and goals, mm. the need for connection, mm. so staying in touch and for leaders to be consistent and to care. So I think they're the four principles around how you lead that are good regardless of whether you are physically leading your team co-located in the one place or you're distributed and working from home. Right. So effective leadership is effective leadership. It's actually the same stuff. The what is the same. Correct. But what we might need to think about now is the how. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, we're not face to face. We're not sitting next to each other. So some of the how is going to change. Correct. But fundamentally... yeah, I think so. I think that those basic principles apply. And I think you're right, Dom. I think that it's the tactics, if I can use it that way, or the the methods, the strategies that you use mm. as a leader is perhaps what's changed, the mm. medium through mm. which you've done it. Mm. And so maybe we should talk about those four principles in terms of what a leader can do yes. and how you can do it with a remote team. And maybe we should start with just defining what we talk, what we mean by remote. Yeah. Okay. So let's start there then. What is a remote team mm. and how is it different? How does it change? To me, a remote team or remote leading means that you're, you're not, you and your team members are not in the same place. Mm. Okay. So they might be working from remotely from offices or working from home, mm. but the common thing is that you're not together mm-hmm. in the same room, in the same building. Mm-hmm. And so that means that you need to talk to each other and lead them from a different medium than face-to-face mm. or, you know, a physical, if I can put it that way. Mm. And, and so it means that you're not together in the same place. And because that, you know, right now it's in the spotlight because of the COVID lockdowns and people working from home. But, you know, I used to work in a job where my manager was in a different country yeah. and my team members were in different places. So it's not unheard of, I guess, anyway, you know. No. Especially with matrixed organisations and stuff these days, it's kind of increasingly common to have reporting lines which go overseas and stuff like that. I think so. And a lot of our clients who are global organisations, this is not new mm. to them. Mm. They're, it's kind of BAU mm. for them. So I think that's what remote working is or remote remote leading is leading a team where they're not physically in the same place. Mm. And so you have to rely on phone calls or video calls through whatever platform you Mm -hmm. use. And, you know, there is less frequency, if any, of face-to-face contact. Mm. So that's what I understand by remote leading. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, now we've got that. You talked about the four areas were kind of four Cs, so I love the alliteration there as Mm. well. 
And the first you talked about was clarity, mm. which actually sounds like it lines up pretty well with our constructive styles, if I throw a fifth C in there, <laughs> with achievement. Correct. Right? Clarity. Yeah. So what are we here to achieve? So that, you know, as we know, in constructive styles is about effective leadership anyway, but how does that change? You know, what is that in a remote setting? How does it change? Yeah. I think that it doesn't, you know, clarity of goal Mm. And more than clarity of goal, clarity of priority mm. is always going to be essential leadership. Totally. People need to understand what they're here to do and they need to understand what good looks like. Mm. So when we talk about clarity, we talk about clear priorities that are expressed through clear goals and there's a clear expectation about what good looks like. So how do I know that I'm there, yeah. that I've achieved it? They're the three things, goals, priorities and expectations. And it does line up with achievement in mm. terms of being clear of what we're aiming to deliver, what we're aiming to achieve as a team. So I think that's always important. I think if I reflect on our own experience, Dom, I think how the pandemic or COVID changed it, what happened for us is that some priorities dropped off yep. and others became much more important and there were new ones that we had oh, to impact. A bunch in, of new ones, yeah. So I think... What happens is any in any change situation, the leader's job is to help the team understand where their energy, effort and time should go. Mm -hmm. And that means clarity around what's important now and what's the first thing that we need to do mm. to get there. Mm. For us, one of the thir first things that we did and, and I did and then we talked about was just say there are three things we've got to focus on. Yep. So I think what changes in the remote world is you need, as a leader, check whether the priorities have changed and make sure you understand. I think that's a really good shout because in the initial month, you know, two months of working from home and COVID and this whole thing, it was kind of, there was a, a burning platform for want of a better term, right? Yeah. You know, the world's changing. We have to do things. Now we've kind of settled into working from home. People are kind of comfortable. Businesses are, you know, leveling out more. I guess we're all kind of quite anxious about what's going to happen. Because now it's, I mean, there's still anxiety, but it's starting to level out a bit. You know what yeah. I mean? It's becoming more business as usual, if you like. And so now it's probably the opportunity to revisit those goals again. Yeah. Right? Because we had some really good, maybe, clarity initially. Because, hey, we've got to keep the business open. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. But now that's settled in, have we actually revisited again, you know, yeah. um, to look at that? And I think the situation's much more fluid. Mm. And so what you've got is remote leadership plus a fluid context that changes. Mm. And we've never lived through it before. So we're learning as we go. And you're right, Dom, initially all businesses, the goals were just get everybody home, working from home. Mm. That was a really clear goal, mm. clear priority. And also make sure that the business functions, yep. you know, protect the business, make sure that virtualize the, the business and the organization services. So the priorities were very sharp and very clear. And now as we start to reach for a, a new normal a business as usual, it's time to look at how have my priorities as a leader changed? So as a leader in terms of clarity, you've got to be clear. Mm. So you've got to check in with your leader mm. around how they will measure your effectiveness mm. as a leader and as a team. And then you need to make sure that you understand that. And if you don't understand it, ask lots of questions until you do. Yes. And then at that point, 
you need to be clear in your mind about what goals and priorities your team needs to focus on. You don't need to do that alone, but I think you need to be clear that's part of your job as a leader. But you can also involve your team in giving you feedback, taking some soundings Mm. on where they're at, you know, where they feel the team's at in terms of their achievements. But the first thing is you get clear and review the priorities that you've been working on, and then it's a reset. And so that, you know, totally, and I think that's more important now, given the fluidity of the situation, you know, it's because it's always changing. As a remote leader, right, because that we should all be probably doing that anyway Yeah. in normal times or, you know, maybe more now with the changes. But as a remote leader, how do I do that? You know, what's a tip for how do I address that with my team? Yeah, I think for me, it's about getting clear in my own mind. So as a leader, you've got to reduce any friction in your own mind. Mm. So if you're uncertain about anything, if you're unsure, get clear about that first. Mm. Secondly, what I do is then communicate it to your team. And the way that I've tried to do it, and you can verify or validate or oh. not disabuse me. So my intentions always be to describe this is the context mm. that we're in. Mm. And as a result, these are the priorities mm. that we need to deliver. Mm. This is the expectation and this is what good looks like. So the first thing is get clear in your own mind reduce any lack of clarity or friction in your own mind. Secondly, communicate that with your team in very specific and precise terms. I think it's important to have an open discussion with the team, a dialogue, and at the same time, in uncertain times, people want leadership. They actually want their leaders to be clear. That doesn't mean you need to be autocratic about it, but it does mean that they're looking to you to be clear. You don't have to be, it's not about being right. It's about having a clear view, even if it's not 100% guaranteed. So I think it's clarity of your own mind to have clear goals, communicate with the team, explain the context and the why behind the priorities, give, create space for them to actually give you some feedback. And I think the other bit to that is, you know, at least as far as I'm concerned, I want a leader who is clear on where we go and what we need to achieve, that how we get there and, you know, what we do precisely, yeah, that's where the team comes in. You know, I'll fill in the blanks. What does that mean for me, right? You know, how can I contribute to that? But the overall goal, yeah, totally. Let's be clear on that. And then the involvement for me is, okay, how do I now execute that? How do I bring that to life? And as a leader, it's like, what questions do you have Mm. and what do you need from me for you to be able to get there? And just like you said, you know, the leader needs to ask their leader why, you know, understand what the direction is. Same for team members. Yeah. If you're not on board, you need to, there's some logic behind it, right? Otherwise yeah. they wouldn't do it. So understand why. So yeah. if you don't get it, ask questions. Yeah. So I think that's the clarity bit. They're all kind of interwoven. So the first thing is clarity of goals. The second is connection. Yeah. And the how there's so much in connection, which is really around communicating. Mm. It's around listening. Mm. It's about being empathetic or caring. Mm. And that needs to sit beside the clarity. So Mm. when we say clarity and involvement of team members in goals, that's not decision-making through a democracy, but it's creating space for people to feel like they can speak up. Mm. 
to include people in decisions that impact them so that they can give you feedback. They've got, they're invested in this as well. Mm. And so you don't have to carry that alone. So connections really around how often are you meeting? What kind of meetings are you having? Mm. What are the different, what's a purposeful meeting? Mm. Okay. What's the context for each of the meeting? How else are you communicating in terms of, you know, whether you're using emails or huddles and so Mm. on? So I think Mm. the key point there is about staying connected. So maybe we should talk about some methods for connecting. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing is an, at least initially, and I think a lot of teams kind of just took whatever meetings they were doing in the you know real world, quote unquote, and moved them to a digital format. Yeah. You know, but I wonder if, you know, were they the right meetings anyway? I think number one complaint, I mean, you know this of any client you go into, everyone complains about Too the meetings. meetings. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is a wonderful opportunity <laughs> for doing that review, partly. But yeah, if we just moved everything online, you know, was it for purpose? Yeah. Do we actually need all of those? You know, so it's a bit of an audit of what meetings do we have? Why do we have them? Yeah. I think particularly when we did face-to-face meetings, we had mega meetings. Yeah. You know, so it was like decision-making, problem-solving, information update, you know, everything. We kind of threw the kitchen sink at it in a half-day, full-day meeting, whatever. Online, we know people don't have the patience to kind of sit there for a full day in front of a screen, right? We yeah. get kind of screen burn. So, you know, can we get sharper about the purpose of meeting? Yeah. You know, do we have a decision-making meeting? Do we have an update meeting? Like, do we even need an update meeting? Maybe that's an email. Yeah. Or maybe that's Teams or something yeah. like that. So getting sharp, doing a bit of an audit, right? On what means do we have? Do they actually fit? The world we're in right now and the needs we have right now. Yeah. And also, what did the team find has value? Mm. You know, what do team members believe have value? People don't like so many meetings because they don't feel like it's relevant. Yeah. And so I agree with you, Dom. I think leaders need to do an audit of the meetings that they have and involve the team. Like, do an audit uh, collectively around your operating rhythm. What are your meetings for? And again, if we use our experience, we're a consulting team that's spread across two different states. And so in the face-to-face world, we got together for a day once a month, Yeah, you know, and I have to say it was difficult to be really cohesive in those conditions. And I actually find that working remotely has been better for us. We connect a lot more. We connect a lot more. So we've gone from monthly meetings to initially when COVID happened, we were meeting every day Mm. for a huddle, which was meant to be 30 minutes and always went over time. Mm. So we did a self, we did an audit and Mm. we talked about what did we feel we needed as a team and what was the purpose. And so now we're, we have a weekly team meeting that Mm. goes for an hour, which is about more about the work that we do together. And we have a shorter huddle on Tuesdays, which is just a personal check-in. And people can pretty much share what they like. And so everybody, if you can make the Tuesday huddle, do because we've got client work and commitments. But Thursdays, everybody show up. And, you know, that's a there's a set agenda, but there's opportunity for people to pitch in. On top of that, it's about the one-to-one meetings or the one-to-one catch-ups. So whether you do that informally and just ring people and see mm. how they are or whether you do it formally. You know, in our team, we do a bit of both. But I think that that one-to-one connection is important 
I think one of the things that have happened with remote that perhaps we didn't see, I'm not sure if we didn't see it or maybe we weren't aware of it, is that not everybody has loved it. Mm. You know, some people have loved it. I've got clients and people I know who hated it at the beginning and they've adjusted it and now it's grown on them. Mm. You've got people who've loved it and some people who've hated it. And so the only way you know that is to actually check in with them. And sometimes people may not tell you how they really feel, but the point is that they have an opportunity, an invitation through you talking to them regularly enough and you asking them how they are to give you that information. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that leaders in a remote setting need to pay extra attention to because face-to-face, it kind of just happens naturally to some extent. I mean, we should probably be conscious of it too, but, you know, I can see you across the desk. You know, we have the catch-up and the, we go for a coffee, Yeah, you know, in the morning or something like that. Whereas when we're remote, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I you know? agree. So you have to actually go out of your way, like consciously make a choice to give someone a call. Yeah. You know, or get in touch, whereas it doesn't just kind of happen organically like it could inside the office. Yeah. Because I think that in the office, what's different between remote and face-to-face, when you're in the same place, the, the opportunity for collision collision chats mm. is higher. Mm. You know, you bump, to someone into, you bump into someone in the lift or at the photocopier in the kitchen mm. when you're getting a cup of mm. coffee or downstairs or you grab a lunch, to, you know. There are so many ways that you can just bump into someone and that springboards into a bigger conversation and you don't get that if yeah. everybody's working from home. So absolutely, you have to do much more consciously how are you going to stay in touch and um, use everything that's available to you. You've got phone call, you've got video calls, we have a WhatsApp chat as well. You could do that on your, we also have um, MS Teams. So you've really got to, as a leader, stay conscious, have it top of mind that you're going to stay in touch with your people and each individually as well as a team. Mm. Yeah, love it. All right, so that was connection, which is you know, sort of about that aff- affiliative side, people side of it. The one thing in it I think was important, it's a point that you've made, Dom, around the information, communication in terms of how you keep people informed. Mm. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, well, I've talked about kind of infobesity versus info famine, which is tough in the remote setting to know what's the right level that people need because, you know, particularly with all the stuff going on, people are looking for information, but sometimes it can be overwhelming, right? If we throw the kitchen sink at it, often we've added a lot of new channels. So there's been a massive take up of MS Teams worldwide, which is great. It's an awesome tool. But now do we have information in Teams, email, intranet, you know, wherever else it may be. So it's just getting a handle on, you know, how much are we putting out there. We've got to give people enough that they know what's going on, but we don't want to overwhelm them. I think that's right. And that's where asking them what information they want, what information that they need. So we have a company check-in once a week. It's at the same time every Tuesday. Mm. Everybody knows about it. It never changes and it, it's effectively a company huddle. So it goes for 30 minutes or less mm. and everybody knows that that's on. In addition to that, every team has their own huddle process. And I think what was happening for us is there was so much information everywhere. We were trying mm. to communicate mm. so many things that, and we were learning a new system. So people were getting a bit confused. And so one of the things that helps is for to come up 
with an agreed protocol about how you're going to use the different channels, you know, so that what we ended up doing is, you know, for in our instance, all documents live here mm. and we're going to upload and change and everything that ends up in this place. All chats happen yeah. here mm. and all meetings happen. So it's just about clarity. And then one of our one of our team actually did Where Do I Find, a document called Where Do I Find, which is just a quick reference of if we needed stuff. So I think, again, info balance. Info balance, yeah. <laughs> if there's info famine and yeah. info obesity, then you want info balance. Info sustainable diet. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> and so that's about being clear about what information do people need you know, often I give information I think would be interesting or good to know and then only to find out that people weren't so interested in it, you know. So <laughs> yeah. check it out and then agree, be really clear and consistent around where that information sits. Mm, yeah, I love it. All right, so that's the second C connection. What about consistency? Yeah. Consistency, I think, is, is it, like all of these principles, is good for leaders anywhere, anytime, every day of the week. And consistency is really about consistency of behavior, consistency of practice, Mm. and consistency of expectation. So if you say that this is going to happen on a Thursday, Mm. you know, team meetings happen on Thursday, then they happen on Thursday. Mm -hmm. If you say that, you know, behaving in a particular way is really important, or this Mm. is a priority, Mm then you need to behave as if it's a priority. Mm. So I think consistency is about consistency of practice in terms of meetings. I speak to so many clients, and you would too, Dom, where I ask them if they have one-on-one meetings with their leaders. Mm. All of them do, but... In theory. In theory. Yeah. You know, most of the time their leaders or they, you know, they cancel, they reschedule. Now, you know, rescheduling is kind of inevitable at one level, and I've been guilty of doing it myself, but the point is that you have it, you know, so Mm. you don't, if you're going to reschedule a one-on-one, then make sure that it happens within a few days, preferably or a week. So I think the consistency is if you say something is important, the way that you demonstrate is it's important Mm. is you behave that way. And so that's consistency of practice, consistency of behavior and consistency of expectation. So from a leader's point of view, what consistency means is that if you've got operating rhythm that's set around your meeting, so you have huddles twice or three times a week, you have a team meeting, you have one-on-ones, that you keep to that rhythm mm. as much as you can. And mm. if you can't, then you explain the why and you, you, you still try and reschedule it, but then fall back into that rhythm when you're mm. able to. I think the consistency of behavior is those things, clarity, connection, and consistency and care Mm. is about making sure that you are congruent. So you do what you say Mm. and you do that repeatedly, Mm. which is the consistent. And I think particularly, you know, because we're talking about remote leaders and the changing. So particularly because things have changed, people are kind of craving a bit of that structure and consistency. Because it feels like, you know, the rug was kind of pulled out from under us to some extent. So it's, there's something about that, the drumbeat, the rhythm. Yeah. Um, oh, totally, Dom. I think that's such an, that's a great point, actually. I think that in a crisis, people feel uncertain. Mm. Our brains crave certainty. Mm. And even though as a leader, you don't know what the answer is, you mm. don't know where it's going to go, 
structure mm. is really important when people aren't feeling safe. And so having a structured approach to leading your team, so there's a rhythm behind your meetings, it's consistent, it helps people feel safe. Mm. And so it's a relatively tangible and easy way of helping people feel safe and secure, which allows them to do their work well. Yeah, love it. The fourth one, Corinne, and you already touched on a little, was around care. Mm. So what's that about? I think that caring is really caring about your people, you know, like nothing gets done without or through people. And Mm. so I think I had a couple of clients say to me that their leaders were trying to almost amped up workloads of people going into right. remote. So they weren't just doing BAU, they kind of amped up because BAU through their plus own- we're moving to virtual. Yeah, through, yeah, through their own anxiety, they were really, you know, expecting a lot when their people had young kids at home who needed to be schooled or, you know, mm. so I think caring as a leader is understanding that we need to check in on our people. We need not to assume that if you haven't heard from them, that everything's okay. Mm. I think it's really easy to forget that. that. Yeah. You know, as a leader, is the assumption that if they need something, they'll call you. Okay. Sometimes they don't because mm. they're just trying to handle it. Mm. And sometimes out of sight, out of mind, mm. you know. So I think is caring enough about your people, their well being, their emotional well being, their life. I also think that this idea of public and private life is done. You know, we're in a mashup world where mm. personal is professional mm. and the other way around. And so I think we can't just, we've got to see people as whole people that have lives outside of the work that we ask them to do. And so I think that what COVID showed us is that these two things started to, in some instances, clash yep. and collide and start to inhibit somebody's ability to really do their work well or effectively. So I think caring as a leader means that you stay in touch with your people, you ask them how they're going, not just in terms of the work. The work, yeah. Yeah, but you know a bit about their family. You ask them, you know, how they're traveling and how they're doing and check in on the workload. One of the things that I've heard a lot is people generally work more Mm. working from home which I think is offset by the fact that they can choose when to work, Mm. you know. So I think they can have a few more breaks, build it around the kids' routines, Mm. you know, so Mm. it means that they work perhaps weirder hours. Yeah. So I think it's a balance, but I think the caring is caring enough to check in with people in terms of their personal life to the degree that somebody wants to share it with you. And you know, how they're going professionally as well. The really unique opportunity that this has come up is I've, I've never met so many people's kids and pets and, <laughs> you know, partners and stuff. Isn't it fantastic? Um, you know, ever, because you're kind of in each other's homes, you I know. know. So, and what I love about what's happened is the this whole persona of a kind of clinical professional view. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's kind of where, washed away, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, and I've been amazed. I've got two sheepdogs, Scottish sheepdogs, and um, <laughs> they're old and so they tend to just, they're my co-workers, they sit on the, the carpet. But every now and then I'll be talking to a client and they'll sneak in behind me and the client will say, oh, my God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and it's amazing how 
accepted that is now or kids jumping onto a webinar. Yeah. I had a webinar the other day where the husband was listening yeah, and yeah. joined in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think all that is fabulous. Like it's mm. beautiful, you know, like it's, mm. it allows people to be authentic, everything of who they are. And so I think it's an opportunity for leaders to get to know who a person is, all of who a yeah, person so, is. Yeah, so, you know, take advantage of it because, yeah. you know, it might not be there forever. One final note for you, just on the care thing, you know, closing thought is what could leaders do for themselves? Yeah, we kind of talked about caring for other people. Yeah. What about for themselves? Just before we finish, before we go to themselves, which I think is really important, developing. Uh-huh. Don't stop developing your people or mm. yourself mm. just because you're in a COVID totally. crisis or you're working remotely. So keep those development conversations happening because this is the opportunity where you may be able to stretch for do things differently that's mm. developing in the role, you know, but doing it in a different way. Yeah, love it. For leaders, I think the pressure on leaders just increased massively in this climate and I think that it's been very easy for leaders to just stay in front of the screen all day. So with leaders, I think care yourself a couple of things. One is have a routine. Secondly, make sure that you've got breaks in the routine and that you're not working, you know, from sun up to sundown mm. and you're in front of the screen. Mm. So I liked what you said there, screen burn. So <laughs> yeah. take a break. So have a routine. Have a routine that includes some exercise or outside fresh air and that has a boundary, mm. okay, where beyond this time you won't do any work. Yeah. Or And you can choose what that is, but you've got to create some time in the day for yourself. The other thing that I think is good regardless of whether you're in a physical workplace or not, as a leader, carve out 15 to 30 minutes for yourself every day where you're really just doing a reflection on, you know, what's gone well that day, what are the, where have you made progress, what are the things that you are proud of or happy with, and what are the things that you need to do to create progress for your team tomorrow. So mm. whatever it is, it's just 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes for yourself to set yourself up. You could do it beginning of the day, the end of the day. So self-care, reflection time, beginning or end of the day have a routine, have a bit of structure and remember to get outside and have some exercise, a break, something Mm. that you enjoy and have a boundary at which point you don't work. Love it. Thanks for those tips, Corinne. So the the four C's, I love it. So clarity, connection, consistency, care for self and others. Love it. I hope that helps our remote leaders out there. It's, you know, it's a, it's a unique time and we're all kind of learning together. So We'd love to hear your thoughts as well, you know, because we're all kind of discovering this together. So share with us, you know, we post these episodes on LinkedIn. So if you follow us there, you know, get involved in the conversation around, you know, what are your tips for leading remotely and doing that? We'd love to hear. And what we might do, Dom, is maybe put a couple of these tips and tools in the show notes. Yeah. So there'll be a link in the show notes to our website, which will have tips and tools from this episode. Beautiful. Thanks for your time, Corinne. Thank you, Dom. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Culture Bites. Just a reminder, we've got our annual conference coming up for 2020. It's on the 25th to 27th of August. There's a link in the description of this episode. We hope to see you there. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Thank you.